Welcome to another edition of the PW Mania Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Justin C. Joined this week by both my co-hosts, Cam, and the chairman, Stephen Vincent. Uh, we want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, as we're recording here on the 1st of January 2023, after taking a little bit of a holiday hiatus. So we are here to go through our 2022 year-end awards, going out and handing out awards that we do every year. We've done this for the last few years. If you're new to our show from PW Mania, we have a list of awards that we hand out. Uh, whether they are good or bad. So we are going to go ahead and get right to that here because we don't want to waste time for anything. We want to get through everything. So um, let's just get right into it. Let's start with the best angle of the year. And I'll ask you, Chairman, first, what is your best angle of the year? Uh, First and foremost, Happy New Year to all the listeners out there. Um, Our best angle... Since we can't pick Kurt, um, we're going to pick uh, the Sami Zayn bloodline story. I feel like Sami Zayn has been phenomenal in 2022. He's basically been like the MVP of freaking SmackDown and a few Raw appearances. You know, his character's been entertaining. Like, it's just been amazing. Like, people cheer for him. People basically were cheering for him over John Cena on his one-off from SmackDown. Like, Sami is just a guy, and everyone's just on eggshells every week thinking when the bloodline's going to betray him. So that's going to be a huge story for 2023 because it's inevitable. We're, we're all confident that's probably going to happen. But same as same bloodline story angle, that's been my phenomenal favorite. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and second you there. That is my pick as well. I mean, when I was thinking about it, I don't think anything really even came close. I mean, this angle went from being kind of like a throwaway thing and then Sami Zayn continued to just get over, get over, and they just ran with it. And it was a great job by the WWE not to squash it like early, just let it keep playing out. It probably helps that Roman Reigns is a part of the story and he probably gets some creative uh, say when it comes to this stuff. So I'm sure he wanted to keep it going too. It's put Sami Zayn on the map. And, you know, as a guy we talked about on the show numerous times about possibly being somebody that could main event WrestleMania against Roman Reigns. So I don't think that's going to happen if we keep reading the reports. So the fact that Sami Zayn has gotten this over, he's on, I don't want to say he's on the same level as Roman Reigns, but a match against Roman Reigns for the title doesn't look like something that would be off at all. But yeah, Sami Zayn has been, I mean, pretty much the MVP, I would say, of SmackDown, like you said. Um, and he's made this whole thing work. And everybody else involved, Roman, the Usos, Solo Sequoia, Paul Heyman, just a great job by them all around. Um, go over to you, Cam. By the way, I just want to congratulate Cam on the birth of his new son uh, a couple weeks ago. So congratulations to him. And why don't you go ahead and give us your pick here? Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Ten days old today. Um, I think it's unanimous that it's Sami Zayn and the bloodline whole angle. Um, but I'll go a different route just so we're not three for three. And I'm going to say that Cody, Cody Rhodes returns to the WWE. Um, a few years ago, Cody, joined, you know, starts AEW with the Young Bucks and Kenny and, you know, does the whole destroying of the, the pedigree statue of Triple H and, you know, thinks, feels like Cody's going to lead these guys along with Jericho and everybody as the, the new number two promotion and really have a rival for the WWE. Um, you know, for whatever reason, we all don't know exactly, you know, Cody says that he hadn't finished business with the WWE title, but I think Cody coming back to WWE, uh, shocked a lot of people. He got the, uh, humongous pop at WrestleMania, even though everyone knew he was coming, it was a great pop. He had great matches with, with Seth Rollins. And when he comes back, assuming at the Royal Rumble, it'll be a great pop for him again. And I think 
that Cody coming back to WWE surprised a lot of people and was huge news. Yeah, definitely a, a unique way to start off the year 2022 when all that started breaking early in the year. Um, so yeah, good, good thing not to go for three for three there. Let's move to um, breakout star of the year. Uh, I'll go ahead and go first on this one. I'm going to go ahead and go over to AEW here, and I'm going to go with Ricky Starks. I mean, Ricky Starks was a guy that was never really on my radar, and when AEW started and was around, he was there, and then I thought his promos, even with Team Taz, the breakup angle with uh, him and Hobbs, even though afterwards it kind of like Tony, you know, took him off TV for a little bit, but then this stuff with MJF recently, his promo work, and now this stuff with Jericho, for a guy for me that, like I said, at the beginning of 2022, when I'm looking at AEW, and he's not really a guy that I'm thinking, oh, you know, okay, yeah, decent, okay guy, but he's definitely surprised me when it comes to his ability to carry a promo, carry a match. I don't know if he could ever be a full-time main eventer in AEW, but he's definitely a guy that I think could be an upper mid-card kind of guy like he's like he had this one-off match with mjf definitely something you could do there have him in a couple months few with the world champion but i'll give my uh breakout star award here to uh ricky starks uh, why don't you give yours now cam this one was for me was tough because originally i wanted to go with Sami Zayn. i mean i know he's been in the wwe for years now and he's had moments he's been an nxt champion but he's never really truly caught on in the WWE. I mean, last year at WrestleMania, he really embraced his comedic um, persona. You know, he had the match with Johnny Knoxville at WrestleMania, which was a hilarious match. Um, so I really wanted to go there, but I feel like, you know, I didn't want to make him feel like a rookie. So I'm going to agree with you, Chairman, I think, or Justin, excuse me. I, I'm going to go with Ricky Starks. Um, you know, AEW, when they first started, their own talent. I want to, you know, not including Jericho, the Bucks, Kenny, blah, blah, blah. Guys that were brand new to television. The only person that's broke out in three plus years for AEW has been MJF. Ricky Starks finally feels like the guy that could be number two. I mean, Wardlow had a chance, but they've cooled completely off on him. But Ricky Starks has the chance to be someone that they could put in a world title program that they can make TNT champion. That, you know, arguably if they brought in celebrities like the like WWE does, that he could be the guy to wrestle a babyface celebrity. So, I mean, his promo work the last few weeks really elevated him, in my opinion. Um, he was just a guy for a while, but I think he's kind of found his groove similar to MJF. We knew that he could be good, but he never really shined through. And now I feel like the last month and a half, really, that Tony Khan has really tried to build a new star and i think he's done a great job with ricky starks and i wouldn't be surprised you know come you know sometime 2023 that ricky starks wins a singles title in AEW. all right that's two for two are you gonna make a chart three for three chairman or are you going a different route i'm going a different route i mean if we're going AEW for sure i definitely think ricky is definitely a worthy choice but for me i'm going to the nxt well a place i don't dwell in very often but i mean i do pay attention i keep dialed in and my pick is Roxanne Perez. I think she's had a fantastic breakout year. You know, she started it off as Ring of Honor champion, and then she signed on with WWE and, you know, with NXT. Won the breakout women's tournament. You know, won the tag titles with Cora Jade. And then, of course, the fallout of Cora Jade. And then, of course, you know, recently she gets the big win over Mandy Rose for the women's championship. So kind of a big year for her in her first year. And she's not even technically a full year yet in WWE NXT. So, there's big things for the come for her. We always talk about how NXT develops women wrestlers. You know, we've seen 
recently in the last few years, Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley come up, the four horsewomen. So I feel like Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade could be that next group of women when they eventually make it there. And I mean, Toxic Attraction as well. So, I mean, there's a lot of great women in NXT as much as we crap on NXT the last few years. But Roxanne Perez definitely had a breakout year in my book. Yeah, and the fact that I think she just turned 21 recently, too, and given how, you know, fast-tracked she's been since she turned, she's just such a young age, it's great. Like you said, I think I saw a stat that NXT has the most uh, time spent to women's matches over the year of 2022. They definitely try to develop as many women as you can they can down there. And like you said, Cora Jade's been getting uh, some run down there, too. So the Toxic Attraction, uh, like you said, Zoe Starks, Nikita Lyons, um, all of them are getting run down there. So it's a, it's a good little... They definitely don't rush the women down there, and it's a good thing they take the time to develop them. Okay, let's go to the biggest non... Uh, the biggest wrestling story that's basically not played out on TV that isn't the all-out brawl between Punk and Kenny and the Young Bucks or anything involving Vince McMahon, because obviously those two things would dominate this if we really wanted to go that route. So basically, so that's why there's a little asterisk when you come to this kind of award here. Uh, if you want to call it an award. Um, but I'll let you go here first, Cam. What are you going with here? I mean, obviously we have, you know, the things you just talked about. We have the return of Soraya to professional wrestling. Um, I mean, to me personally, I feel like, and I feel like maybe this was obviously inevitable with pro wrestling, but uh, to me it was the amount of people that have been mentioned in the names of wanting to jump ship from AEW back to WWE. I mean, for a year and a half, it was this guy should leave the WWE so he can, you know, be better in AEW. This lady, this girl should leave AEW or WWE. This tag team should leave the WWE. Uh, now it's kind of reversed. Cody's the first one to leave. You hear grumblings about FTR. I mean, the fact that <clears throat> Tony Khan, quote, lost the locker room a little bit um, post All Out and maybe even before All Out, I think is a huge story as we head into 2023, maybe even 2024. We don't know contract situations in pro wrestling. So to me, it's the amount of people that were willing to go back to the WWE after Vince left. Yeah, and like you said, there's FTR. I mean, Lana's even hinting at Miro recently about maybe how he probably will end up back in the WWE someday. There's definitely a lot of name jumping from AEW to WWE that I would never have expected come at the start of the year 2022. Uh, what are you going with, Chairman? Definitely a lot of options here, but I'm going to play probably the one of the bigger ones in my opinion, and that's Sasha Banks. Like, the whole thing of her... You know, she basically walked out, dropped the tag titles on the desk of Naomi, and she has been off the grid as far as wrestling goes for the most part ever since. You know, we've all speculated, well, she'll be back for SummerSlam. Oh, she'll be back for Survivor Series. Oh, she'll be back. But then now you're hearing that she's not coming back, it sounds like. And then she's making an appearance at uh, Wrestle Kingdom here later this week, which is crazy to think about that we're already in Wrestle Kingdom, you know, first week of January. You know, here we are. So I'll be curious to see what role she plays there. So does Sasha Banks come back to WWE? Is she done, done AEW, Japan, Hollywood, lots of questions on the boss. Uh, a lot of wrestling fans definitely will be dialed in on what she does next. So that would, for me, just because it's been ongoing all along, all, pretty much all year long. So that's my pick. Yeah, and you know, the, this coming Wednesday is the tag team match between uh, 
Soraya and her mystery partner against Dr. Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. And, of course, there's all kind of speculation that that could be Sasha, too. She recently trademarked the name, I think it's pronounced Monet Banks, M-O-N-E, with an apostrophe at the end of it. I I don't, I don't know. I think her regular name, Mercedes Ver- Verano, however it is, is a decent enough wrestling name as it is. So I think that would be fine. But, yeah, definitely one of the bigger stars in the women's division over the last few years since the whole since Stephanie McMahon started the whole women's revolution a few years ago. So the fact that she's a free agent at this point, I think is obviously big news. And yeah, the story of where she's going to go was pretty much dominating the women's side of wrestling for the last 20, all of 2020. Uh, I'm going to go back to what Cam touched on earlier. And for me, it's Cody leaving AEW. Uh, it's, you know, one of the founding fathers of the promotion deciding he wants to go back to where he hated, I don't, I don't know if hated is the right word, but wasn't having a fun time, uh, when he left WWE a few years ago and he's an exec, he was an executive, like I said, executive vice president, founder. It's one of those things where I don't think the full story's ever come out yet. And I still think, I don't know if we'll ever hear the full story, but you got to wonder if it's one of those things, you know, the rumors that, you know, People saw Kenny and the Bucks as executive VPs and just them being kind of immature and maybe not being the right people to run a company. Maybe Cody saw something like that and realized he had to get out or realizing that Tony Khan like wasn't exactly the kind of guy who should be running a big wrestling promotion like this. Um, like I said at the time when this happened, I said, I don't think losing Cody Rhodes, the on-screen character, is a big a deal for AEW, but I thought losing Cody Rhodes, the backstage personality, the backstage executive vice president, Booker, whatever you want to call him, was a pretty big deal. And I think it turns out that's true, given everything that AEW's gone through the second half of 2022 when it comes to the locker room, Tony Khan's leadership abilities. I think Cody leaving was a pretty big deal and led to kind of the tumultuous year that AEW ended up having. And he's a guy that knows when contracts expire. Like Obviously, we know when MJF expires, but other guys like FTR or stuff like that, um, he definitely can help play a part for WWE getting some guys going forward. All right, let's go to let's go to the most overrated uh, wrestler of the year, and I'll let you go back to you, Chairman, first here. Who do you got? Hands down, it's Theory. He's hot garbage. I don't understand the appeal of that guy at all. Like they give him the money in the bank briefcase when there's how many other options that would have been more popular, same as Zane. Um, and then like the selfie craps, like Tyler Breeze called, he wants his gimmick back, bro, and the stupid duck face. Like, I just don't understand the appeal. You know, he gets all these big spots, like, at WrestleMania. And then, like, because it's Vince's boy. And then, you know, Roman owned his ass, you know, when he said, Daddy ain't here no more. And that was probably the highlight of the year there. But, like, you know, then he gets the U.S. title off my boy Seth Rollins. And that don't say right me either. Like, this guy just doesn't have it. I don't care what people think. I'm done with this guy. He's the worst. At least with Dominic Mysterio, I feel like we've crapped on him quite a bit. But we've also come around on him. I'm probably the last one to come around on him, but I feel like his work has been better. But Theory, hot garbage, never will be a main eventer. He just needs to go away. Yeah, I got a kick out of that clip they had on the WWE Twitter page where he was going to visit Ray and his family on Christmas. Was it Christmas Eve? And then he calls, gets cops called on him, and he's sitting there in the back of the car going, Mommy, Mommy, I won't survive in prison. I thought that was hilarious. Him and Rhea, like, yeah, him and Rhea have been great together, and the heat he's getting now, I think, is genuine heat and not, like, you know, go-away heat, like I said before on the show. But, yeah, those these clips they're doing with him and Ray visiting, uh, I, I hope, I wish there was something that would come out for him visiting on New Year's Eve. I doubt there's going to be something since it was so quick, but I hope they keep these up and I want to see one more before they presumably fight at WrestleMania. Um, I'm going to go with the pick that I'm sure chairman will love. I'm going with Ronda Rousey. 
Um, I don't know. Ever since she's come back the second time around, uh, you know, the non-finish with Charlotte in a match that was at WrestleMania and then her reign as SmackDown Women's Champion this year just hasn't really lived up to anything. Even the stuff with Liv wasn't that good. And then this last recent run, her trash talking is just awful. Like when she was on SmackDown this past Friday with Charlotte and try, try, she's like trying to trash talk in the ring too while she's fighting nowadays. It just looks stupid. I mean, she's not somebody that can carry a match yet on her own. Like her matches, like I said, with Liv, with Shotzi. Um, her match with Raquel this past Friday was okay, but it wasn't anything to write home about and she's getting this big push and now she's probably fighting charlotte again for the smackdown women's title at the rumble i thought losing like that on smackdown wasn't the best look for her they're not apparently doing ronda versus becky anymore at wrestlemania because becky realizes it doesn't have anywhere near the hype it would have had uh what are we now four years ago at wrestlemania so i just think ronda probably hasn't been worth the investment wwe has put into her over this last year so uh, she's getting my most overrated award here. Uh, who are you going with, Cam? Oh, man. You guys made some really good cases. Um, it's really tough. I mean, I, I'm i going to be the asshole, I guess, and I'm going to go with the acclaimed. <laughs> I'm going to be that guy. They were my um, next choice. I'm not going to lie. You got, you know, Billy Gunn running around on the indies, everyone doing the scissor me daddy. I mean, I get it. Wrestling's supposed to be fun. I don't want to be that 36 year old blah 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 but you know chairman or excuse me justin hit the nail on the head they're like they're they're like the new age outlaws but not as over in my opinion i mean they're over i get it they're super over uh they're not involved in main event programs like the new age outlaw was they're not in a faction with if they were in a faction with mjf or any of the top top guys okay they're in a faction with fucking billy gunn and his kid or whatever the deal is um I don't get it. I don't think they're great wrestlers. I mean, now they're doing their little high spots where it doesn't even look like the offense even hurts. Like Max Caster kind of falls on a guy a certain way. And it's like, just because you contort your body a certain way, it doesn't look like the offense looks great. Um, yeah. I mean, I just haven't bought into them. I mean, it took me a long time to buy into MJF, but at least we saw something in MJF. Uh, you, you stripped down the scissor me daddy, which I don't even think is funny. Um, and these guys are nothing. Um, MJ or AEW has a plethora of tag teams and I'm waiting for them to have those really good breakout matches. I want them to have something fantastic. I want them to beat the Bucks. I want them to beat Death Triangle. I want them to beat Best Friends. Beat these guys, have a really long run, make the matches memorable, and we'll talk next year. The real question becomes as they break up, uh, who does Billy Gunn uh, gift the I'm an Ass Man theme song to? Because I wonder, I'm hoping he got the trademark rights for that. And the only reason that's in my head is because that was like the last episode of 99 Raw I watched was him coming out for the Ass Man theme for the first time. So you got to wonder who gets that theme if they claim eventually breaks up. <laughs> um, let's just get to the last quote-unquote negative um award out of the way here and let's go with the most disappointing wrestler of the year um i'll start i'm gonna go ahead and go with wardlow i mean at the start of this year everybody was pumped they were already starting the breakup angle with him and mjf people were ready to cheer him people are ready to see him beat mjf's ass and he ends up kind of doing that at, it was double or nothing but, of course, it's kind of plagued by the whole MJF drama backstage. Will he or won't he show up? Who knows if that was even real or a story or not? 
And then, in a way, that seems to be a problem of Tony Khan's booking. After he beats MJF, they don't know what to do with him. They try to make him more like Goldberg, and with the Warlow chances, he's coming out. And it's just, you know... That's a one-time, I think that's a, kind of like a one-time thing that clicked perfectly during that Attitude Era time frame for Goldberg. And it doesn't really work for Warlow. And then he still hasn't improved that much on his talking. And when he comes out and every time he says, this is Warlow's world, it just sounds so lame and corny. Like, there's a reason why Goldberg didn't talk when he did. because, Or if he did talk, he would talk very briefly. Um it just wasn't good, and like his promo work isn't there, and then he pretty much disappeared after losing the TNT title, and man, it was just such a disappointing year for Warlow. I mean, I don't know if you would have been a top main event guy at this point, but even that match this past Wednesday on Dynamite with Samoa Joe, you know, he gets attacked backstage, he, you know, tries to come back and then gets his ass beat by Joe, and then Joe cuts his ponytail afterward, and then they go right to a few with Joe and, or like a Joe Darby Allen thing, kind of not even letting that moment breathe where Warlow got his trademark ponytail ripped off. So, I think people were expecting a lot from Warlow this year, myself included, and then nothing pretty much just came from all of this stuff. So, I gotta give my most disappointing award to Warlow. Uh, let's go over to you, Cam. Who do you got? See, I'm on the same page, but it's like, is it Wardlow's fault or is it Tony Khan's? Um, after M- Wardlow destroyed MJF, and I agree 100%, they took MJ off TV, and that completely, flat out killed any ounce of momentum that Wardlow had. Um, now he's sticking his nose in, you know, Joe and Darby Allens, which I think would be a good triple threat feud and things like that. But the guy, it just screams Braun Strowman whatever year. And I'm, we talked about it a couple different times where if you have a guy that you didn't think maybe could get over as well as he did, and he does, and you don't capitalize off that, and then he goes back down, the person that gets the blame is the booker. So, I mean, I'm picking Wardlow here too. I think there was a few other guys. I almost went with Jericho. Uh, I think Jericho's year was pretty terrible. Um, but, I mean... Wardlow, unfortunately, is going to win this award, but I don't think that he's the one that deserves to fall on the knife, quote-unquote. He's like the coach for that gets fired after a bad season and the team doesn't get the blame. The coach does. Um, Tony Khan deserves the blame, but Wardlow's the one that's suffering the wrath. That's a fair point. I can 100% agree with that argument. And like I said, it, it's, a, it's a symptom, unfortunately, of how Tony Khan books his talent from time to time. Uh, who are you going with, Chairman? Well, since we're picking most disappointing wrestler, that means I can't pick Tony Khan because he don't wrestle because he's <laughs> disappointing as fuck this year. Um, well, that being said, though, Wardlow's definitely a guy, you know, to nominate for sure. Like, we all thought for sure after the MJF match, like, he was he was destined to be, like, a world champion. Like, he was – and then all of a sudden it just died. Like, the TNT title run died. Like, it, that's just bad booking. But I actually went with CM Punk for my most disappointing wrestler of the year because I really thought, like, 2022 was going to be an amazing year for him. And it started that way. But then, you know, it just felt like, you know, I mean, not even talking about the all-out scrum, of course, but, like, you know, he gets injured, the interim championship, you know, he comes back and drops the title of Moxley, but then wins it back at all-out to be stripped. Like, it was just and part of this, obviously, Tony Khan can't book a wrestling promotion without Cody Rhodes. It, it's evident this year. But, like, you know, I, I felt like CM Punk could have been, you know, I was expecting big things out of him, and unfortunately things happened, and obviously we didn't get what we wanted as wrestling fans, and now he's gone. 
but yet, you know, the locker room's divided. Obviously, FTR is on his side, but like Jericho and some of the other veterans, probably Fox and Kenny don't want him back. So AEW will continue to be a dumpster fire backstage until they get this CM Punk thing resolved. And then, of course, will he or will he not return to WWE? I mean, there's going to be all that talk going on. So you're just disappointed because you thought this was going to be a big year for CM Punk. And obviously it, it was, but it definitely wasn't. That's a fair argument. I could understand where you're coming from there. Yeah, you expected big things after his debut, and then, yeah, everything just kind of fell apart for him in this entire 2022. Um, fortunately, a symptom of AEW again. Uh, all right, let's go to from most disappointing to most improved wrestler of the year, and I'll go to you, Cam, first. Who are you going with? Oh, man. Um, this one for me was tough. I mean, I feel like there were a lot of people that you could have pinpointed and said okay this person really really improved in the ring and on the mic and everything um so there's a lot of different guys i think you could be like okay this person deserves it this person deserves it um i'm gonna go with jade cargill and i feel like her whole persona and her vibe and everything screams world champion screams i'm the best it screamed if if Sasha Banks was I mean I'm not sure how tall Jay Cargill is if if Sasha Banks was six feet or close to six feet this is what she would be um the fact that she still kind of just hangs out on a tv show not that many people watch she isn't involved with Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter and Soraya and things like that is disappointing so I hope that changes in 2023 you got to give her her chance but I feel like just her whole evolution of her character um even the stuff with bow wow which is kind of funny i mean that guy hasn't been relevant in like 20 years but you know the fact that they're able to get celebrities on there and get her over and they can do the off-screen angle build-ups and things like that i think has shown that you know pretty much a raw specimen you know someone who was kind of green with all this and then with AEW going on and has really transformed into a television character that people can buy into that's fair enough. Um, yeah, I think compared to where she was in 2021, she's definitely gotten better. The baddies thing is fine. And you know, I agree. We see that all the time on the show. At some point, she's got to start challenging for the world title. Uh, who are you going with, Chairman? I'm sticking with the AEW women's division, but I'm going a different route with uh, Jimmy Hader. I felt like, you know, going into the year, you know, 2022, I didn't expect her to become AEW women's champion. But here we are, you know, turning the calendar, and she's got the title. And this just pays dividends to her in-ring work, you know, her character work with Britt Baker, you know. And obviously, like, there was a lot of, like, tension between her and Britt. Like, you could feel it, but it never really erupted. And in the second you thought it was going to happen, it didn't happen. And that just gives us, like, a long-going story here. Because obviously, with Jamie with the title, you're expecting Britt's jealousy to eventually overcome and want to take her out as a champion. I mean, I have no idea of Thunder Rosa who got stripped of the interim, so Jamie Hayter's not the full-blown champion, but if Thunder Rosa does come back, I guess she would have a claim to a title shot as well, but I feel like a lot of fans are behind Jamie Hayter, and I wasn't expecting Tony Khan to be smart enough to actually greenlight her as champion, but he did, so kudos for that move. That's probably one of the few good things he's done in 2022, is listening to the fans and going with Jamie Hayter. She's, she's red hot right now, you know, and you know she had a hell of a year, and so she definitely improved big time 
Yeah, I agree there. And I'm going to make it three for three when it comes to women, but I'm going a different route, different route when it comes to it. And unfortunately, it doesn't really uh, the award, I guess, kind of loses a little bit of its luster. But I'm going with Mandy Rose. Um, you know, when they put the NXT title on her, everybody was just kind of like, oh, really? You know, Mandy Rose, like she's really doing like her. This is her. All right. And then if you see the stuff she did with Toxic Attraction throughout the year, it was good TV. They were pretty much always much must watch when you saw them on NXT. And her in-ring work has gotten better. Is she still, is she throwing out five-star matches? No, but I think she's definitely, she definitely improved in the ring from her time in NXT. I think she throws almost as good of a knee, probably maybe even a better uh, V trigger than Kenny Omega. It's really looks good. Um, and like I said, it's disappointing that she's no longer with the WWE because I think her and toxic attraction uh, could have done something good on the main roster. And I think they could have been a good post WrestleMania call up because from all all things all things you read, they are probably going to have Mandy drop the title to Roxanne Perez anyway. So I think, like I said, unfortunately, the most improved part doesn't work but because she's not here anymore, so she has less to improve on. But like I said, I think she improved to the point where she could have been a top woman on the main roster in the WWE, and with the right opponent in the ring, I think she could have done a pretty good job in there. So a three for three on women there, and just all different types are all different women. So... That's good from us. <laughs> All right, let's go to now these last few awards, of course, with our best of awards. Let's go with best pay-per-view slash premium live event of the year. So we'll go over to you, Chairman, first. What are you going with? You know, this one wasn't as hard as you thought it would because, you know, we talked time and time again where AEW just struggled this year and it got to the point where I stopped buying their events because it wasn't worth the price tag. But for me, WrestleMania this year was hands down the best event. Like, and this was when Vince was still running the show too, which makes it even more surprising. So when we get to Triple H's WrestleMania here in a couple months, like this should blow this away. But like, you know, I feel like Vince really stepped it up, you know, with WrestleMania 38, you know, we had, you know, some big matches. We got Stone Cold back, which was wild as hell. Like, we had some serious matches. We had some fun matches. You know, we had Cody Rhodes' big return. He had Seth Rollins. When Seth Rollins was trying to find out who he was wrestling and freaking went on Vince's desk and everything. Like, there was just a lot of great stuff. You know, we had Becky versus Bianca. You know, we had, you know, RK Bro and the Street Profits and Alpha Academy and the Triple Threat match, you know, Giant Knoxville. Despite my hatred of the idea of bringing celebrities in, he, he had a freaking fun match with Sami Zayn. You know, Edge AJ Styles was fantastic. I mean, there's just all kinds of, the, 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 both matches are fantastic. I mean, yeah, sure, we had the Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, Winner Take All, which unfortunately, you know, it was a big simulation Winner Take All, but like, you know, it's like, okay, whatever. We've seen this match how many times, whatever, but you know, Overall, like, you know, Pat McAfee killed it. Like, this was just a fantastic event. Nothing came close in my book. See, I'm going to say something did do a little bit better. WrestleMania is definitely one of the better shows of the year, but I'm going to go ahead and go with, uh, also sticking with WWE, Clash of the Castle. Uh, you had Roman Drew for the title with a very hot crowd. Uh, that was awesome. You had Seth and Matt Riddle. You had Gunther and Sheamus, uh, you know, 
the women's uh, six-woman tag, uh, Edge and Rey Mysterio against Judgment Day. A lot of good stuff to look there. Even like the match that I would have considered the weakest match on the show, Liv against Shayna Baszler, still wasn't terrible. But it was a big stadium show out in Cardiff, Wales. I forget the exact attendance. I want to say it was something like, of course, you know, there's what WWE says and what the real number is, but it's around 60,000. Uh, there's something where you look at it and go, okay, they got definitely got to do more events abroad next year, whether not counting Saudi Arabia, but um, one or two more big stadium shows like this, I think would be great for the WWE. It's a new atmosphere. It's fans that have never really seen this kind of uh, big show before. And like I said, the main event was the closest. I think you could have said Roman came to losing all year. I think I, some of us, I think even picked it. I don't remember for sure, but I thought that event as a whole was just great and I like I said if they put more stadium shows like this in Europe or wherever going forward I think it's going to be a big plus for the WWE uh which show are you going with Cam I mean I I agree with your sentiments there chairman or excuse me Justin but I'm gonna go with mania I mean probably the best Wrestlemania since 31 that I went to I mean trying to you know quickly go in my head over the last few best Wrestlemania I mean, like Chairman said, Vince booked this show. It was fan-freaking-tastic. Both nights were great. So many memorable moments from two nights of a show where the last few WrestleManias didn't really produce that many moments. I mean, you had Cody returning. You had Vince. You had Pat McAfee. You had freaking Stone Cold and Kevin Owens. I mean, it feels so good for Kevin Owens. One of my favorite wrestlers. Just such an amazing moment for the guy. Now he's tag-teaming with, with, with John Cena, so I'm super excited for Kevin Owens getting his due in the last year and a half or so for the WWE. I mean, it was fantastic. And, you know, when they first announced doing the two nights, I was like, ah, that's, that's too much. I think they may have found their groove. And they t- talked me into it to going this year. It's in L.A. It's close to where I live. Um, I'm kind of just deciding on which night to go to. Can't afford to go to both, especially with a new baby. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've bought back in completely into Triple H's WWE. That WrestleMania was great. And I anticipate 39 being even fantastic as well. Yeah, uh, I definitely think 39 is the most hyped I've been now for WrestleMania in a while, and we're still three months away from it, but there's so many good stories to tell with guys around like Roman, Sammy, like you said, KO, maybe another Steve Austin match, maybe Rock versus Roman. Um, you know, there's so much good to look forward to, and everything going on in the women's division that it's like, all right, I'm definitely buying in for Mania this year. Um, let's go now to match of the year here. Um, I'm going to go ahead. I'll go first here on this one. I'm going to stay at Clash of the Castle, and I'm going to go with the Gunther-Sheamus match for the Intercontinental title that took place at Clash of the Castle. I mean, Sheamus is a guy that, um, if you gave out an award for, like, biggest bounce back of the year, I think you would have to go ahead and give Sheamus, because Sheamus is just putting on banger after, like he says, banger after banger after banger of a match, and him and Gunther... Boy, they just chopped the shit out of each other. It was a good old-fashioned, if you want to call it, a Japanese strong-style match. These guys just beat each other to shreds. I mean, it, you know, put I don't know if this match necessarily put Gunther on the map for WWE people, because we all knew how good he was in NXT Europe and some of the stuff he did on the indies before that. But, man, like his long Intercontinental title reign has been great. I 
looking for maybe he's going to get something decent out of Braun Strowman. Who knows? But he got a he got a Aaron stiff chair shot to the head on SmackDown from Ricochet that busted him open. But man, I'm looking forward to seeing what Gunther can do under Triple H, knowing that Gunther is a guy that I'm sure Triple H really likes and wants to build the company around. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing that here. Like I said, his match with Sheamus here, just these two guys stepped up in, in Europe or in, in Cardiff, Wales, and, you know, not their hometowns, but like kind of like, I guess you want to call it their quote-unquote territory and just delivered in a match that everybody was hyping up, and I definitely think they delivered on that. Um, who do you got, Cam? Or what do you got, Cam, I should say, as far as your match of the year? Man, this one's tough. Gunther Sheamus tore the house down. Um I mean, I want to give a little bit of love to AEW. I, Daniel or Brian Danielson versus Hangman Adam Page from Dynamite way back. I think that match was fantastic. Probably the best AEW match of the year. Um, I mean, I'm going to give – I mean, I comeback of the year, whatever, character revelation of the year, Seth Rollins coming back and really reforming who he is as a character. Now he's, you know, getting involved back up the – back to the top of the card where he belongs – um, him and Cody, man. I mean, that Hell in the Cell match with everything going into it and Cody with the torn peck, I mean, that was phenomenal. And I think as it was the last Hell in the Cell pay-per-view in WWE history, hopefully, that they don't have to go back to the gimmick pay-per-views outside of TLC. Um, thought it was fantastic. I lived and breathed what a WWE match should be, what a high-paced match should be between two guys who at any time could be a world champion in the WWE or anywhere across the world. I think those guys just get each other and somehow, some way Cody becomes world champion at WrestleMania this year or whatever ends up happening. I feel like these guys will cross paths again and it will be for a WWE title. Yeah, definitely. That one was also on, on a list. Like you would probably say of me picking a match to the year. Yeah. Those guys. Yeah. When, you know, Cody taking his jacket off and revealing the torn pack. And then, like you said, the match they ended up having, even with that was just phenomenal. Uh, what are you going with chairman? Yeah, you two pretty much picked, you know, the one-two for me. I'm going to tilt towards my boy Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes, though, in the Hell in a Cell match. The only regret I have is that was in Chicago, and I didn't go, and I should have. But that was when Vince was running things. I was kind of skeptical. But those two killed it. Like, their whole trilogy of matches was fantastic. You know, Seth Rollins' mind games, wearing, you know, the Dusty Rhodes polka dots. You know, like you guys said, Cody with that freaking torn pectoral. Most men would not have showed up for work that day. They would have said, yeah, I'm out. And Cody, you know, he loves the business and he, you know, we know this and he put his body on the line even further and just went in there and just, man, fantastic match. And, you know, that match was like early June. So Cody's been pretty much off the grid for the most part, you know, the second half of 2022, but we're still talking about him. You know, we're expecting big things out of him in 2023 when he's expected to make his return, whether it be Royal Rumble or WrestleMania. I mean, we don't know yet. We can only speculate, but Cody's going to get a massive pop when he returns. And, you know, people are going to buy into Cody. Cody's a fantastic worker. He's a fantastic wrestling mind. And, you know, we're I'm excited for him for 2023. And, you know, we can't talk about Seth Rollins, you know, reinventing himself once again. You know, he might be like our modern-day Chris Jericho, just keeps reinventing himself with different gimmicks and characters just to keep himself in the conversation. Like, the fans are humming his song. So, whether these two meet again or not, with 2023 we'll find out there's rumors there is but cody says he's done with that chapter so well i'm for it either way if we have it or not but those two killed it in hell in a cell 
Yeah, I saw Cody did a promo on Raw this past Monday where he pretty much, you know, kind of hinted at him wanting to come back and go after the WWE title. And I guess he's apparently the backup plan if The Rock can't do Mania. That's apparently still up in the air. So we'll see where that goes. All right, let's get into our final three here. And let's start with Tag Team of the Year. And I'll let you start, Cam, on this one first. Who are you going with? Um, I mean, I think that it's it's kind of simple, honestly, in my opinion. Um, the Usos. I mean, the Bloodline, they look like a million freaking bucks, man. Last night or two nights ago um, on SmackDown, you know, they they just come out and they just that, – that faction just gets it. I mean – it oozes professional wrestling. I mean, everything. Paul, Sammy, Solo, Roman, the Usos. I mean, they had great matches. Of course, we could give it to FTR. But all of their great matches weren't on fucking television. And I don't care what the internet tells me. I am an FTR fanboy. I have the original Top Guys NXT shirt from like 10 years ago to prove it. I love these freaking guys. But when Tony Khan doesn't put arguably your best one of your best products on television how could you even argue for that no one has honor club i don't care about the fucking 200 people that live in pennsylvania that won't let ring of honor die they're not wrestling on television triple mania it's not on television like we have to go out of our way to see these guys wrestle that's my argument and it's not their fault they are 1b in my opinion the usos night in and night out delivered on television looked like a million dollars and for all of Vince's faults or even a few faults that Triple H has had since he's taken over you don't take your best people off television unless they're freaking injured you know and the fact that FTR had maybe what a handful of matches on Dynamite doesn't do it any service I didn't go out of my way to watch them watch wrestle the Briscoes again on Honor Club because out of the point where it's like use your guys on television man promote them get us to pay the 50 bucks to watch FTR versus the Briscoes at you know one of your one of your shows not on fucking ring of honor not in new japan not in mexico it's like they were playing where's waldo with ftr and aew and the whole internet tells you that they're the best thing ever and it's like okay if they're the best thing ever how come tony khan's not smart enough to use them on television the usos if you if the usos if the ftr came back tomorrow and it's the usos versus ftr you got to go with the usos the first time just because for the last 10 years these guys were the guys that wore lime green pants with Samoan face paint. Look at them now, where they've evolved. I'm not saying FTR hasn't evolved. They have a little bit in their character, but they're too much like Bret Hart, where they're too full of themselves. That's why FTR, Punk, and Bret Hart all love each other, because they're all so full of themselves, and they can't even realize that they're not even the best at what they do. Really good points there, Cam. I agree with almost everything. Pretty much, actually, not almost. Pretty much everything you said there. Uh, Chairman, who are you going with? Yeah, FTR would have been my pick if Tony Khan had a book of wrestling promotion in 2022. I mean, it's like Cam pretty much said, you know, it's like go win these titles, like, but whatever. You know, 30 people in Pennsylvania, Jamie Halls, you know. But, you know, any of the Usos, you could pick them too. I mean, it's definitely a popular pick, but that's a pick I'm not doing just because I feel like Vince didn't respect the tag team division, you know, and then when he left, it's like, you just don't see the tag team. There's not a whole lot of tag teams lining up to the Usos right now. Like, you look around, like, they're, you know, the Street Profits, you know, fighting the club or whatever, fight night, you know, like the Viking Raiders, what's left of New Day. Like, 
they're not they don't stack up to the Usos. The Usos are pretty much in a league of their own. So until I feel like they get a worthy challenger, like it's kind of just they're they're just gonna be dominant champions and you know doing bloodline matches, you know five on fives or three on threes or whatever. Like we almost need a Drew McIntyre and Sheamus tag team or the speculated that we keep talking about Kevin Owens and Sami Like I feel like one of those two teams has to be like we need like an alpha team to step up to the Usos because. The corpses of New Day, they ain't going to get it done, nor these other tag teams. So I'm going to pick the acclaimed for my tag team of the year just because they've gotten over, you know, and I'm sure they've had some interesting feuds, you know, with like Keith Lee and Swerve. But, you know, AEW usually puts their tag team division up front. I mean, yeah, it's backlogged on Rampage sometimes too, but I don't know. They, they've gotten over like their silly catchphrases and Billy Gunn, and they've had some fun stories. So I, I'm just going to pick them for the hell of it. <laughs> yeah, had we done this in June, I think I was even talking about in June the idea of saying that to, uh, FDR should win, like, wrestlers of the male wrestler of the year because they were so great. And like Cam said, they just fell off a cliff after that. And like you said, I, yeah, sure, they're on Ring of Honor, I think, but I don't want to, like... Make it easy for me to watch. I don't want to spend money every time I want to watch FTR. And I know there are ways to watch AAA and Triple Mania. But like I said, I want to be easy access to them. That's why, you know, there's rumors that FTR is going back to WWE because of, you know, how they've been booked in AEW and how they're kind of not the top tag team that they were. It's just a bad mix for them. And it sucks that they kind of fell off like they did in the second half of the year because they were hot. And now, of course, you got Dax, uh, Dax calling out uh, Dave Meltzer and Meltzer not responding and not really knowing what the hell Dax said and making Dax's point for him. Um I'm going to go with Cam and go with the Usos. I mean, they've put on great matches this year. You know, their matches with um, the Street Profits were very good. And like you said, yeah, the New Day are a shell of them former cells, but the New Day and the Usos still had good matches. You had the stuff, you know, it's just... I think they kind of almost win it by default because FTR has fallen off a cliff so much. Uh, Chairman does make a good point for the acclaim, but I'm kind of where Cam is with the acclaim that I'm not fully on their bandwagon. So I'm going to go ahead and give this to the Usos being involved in um, the top storyline, the WWE, the top storyline in all of wrestling, as most of us kind of agree with. So I'm going to go ahead and give this award to the Usos. I don't think they'll win it in 2023. Like you said, they got the possible Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens uh, tag team. We got a possible FDR coming back to WWE story there, too. So I think maybe there's some hope for tag team wrestling uh, in the future. I've. From what I've seen of the Creed brothers down in NXT, I think they could be a pretty good team as well if they get brought up to the main roster. So there's a lot of hope, a lot to look forward to as far as teams in AE in the WWE tag team wise. But I think for this year we got to get. I still have to give it to the Usos. All right, that leads us to our last two female wrestler of the year. Why don't you go first, Chairman? Who are you going with? WWE was in a very interesting transition year for women wrestling i mean you look around the four horse women for the most part weren't really around most of the year i mean becky was in and out you know charlotte just came back you know bailey you know she was pretty much the only one that's been around and she came back you know later you know in the year too and then like sasha obviously went off the grid so somebody else had to put the team on their back and that was bianca belair and she was doing it you know for a few years prior but i think this was like a big year for bianca belair because you know, she had the big match at WrestleMania with Becky Lynch and defeated her. 
you know, they had a big rivalry, you know, going back in their year. So, I mean, and then, of course, you know, the stuff with Bailey and EO and Dakota, you know, that was just some big stuff there, too. And Bianca, you know, survived that feud. Like, I was dead set Bailey was taking the title, and Bianca overcame her. So that just shows the confidence that they have in Bianca Belair, you know, to run as the champion. And, you know, she might go full circle and go back to WrestleMania again this year as the champion still. And I'm really disappointed to hear the rumors of them not doing Bianca Rhea Ripley that I've been clamoring for. So I'm hoping they stay the path and do that. But now they're saying that Bianca and Charlotte Flair, but Charlotte's got the women's title now. So are they going to do a unification match or they're going to do, you know, Bianca and Bailey, I don't see them do that again. I don't know what's going to happen. Or Bianca and Gross Ronnie. Like, nobody wants to see that. So I'm hoping they stick the path with Bianca and Rhea at WrestleMania. Bianca Bailey had a fantastic year. Hats off to her. She killed it. Yeah, I'm going to have to second that and go with Bianca Belair uh, as well. I look at it and I go, like you said, nobody else really kind of took the ball this year and ran with it. And, you know, Becky was hurt for a good part of uh, 2022 or toward the end at least. And she really didn't um, I think she took some time off. If I remember correctly. It's been so long in between mania and her SummerSlam match. So there's that, um, you know, Charlotte was gone for a long time. So she's not really there. Bailey was out injured. There was no Sasha Banks. So they kind of looked without the four horsewomen around for somebody to take that ball and WWE and run with it. And Bianca pretty much did. Uh, you know, I've always, I've, my thoughts about Ronnie, or like Chairman calls her, was known from SmackDown when I gave her my most overrated award, so I don't think she's somebody that takes it. And you look at AEW, there's not, I mean, first of all, their women get one segment a week, so there's not really that much time for them to stand out as it is. But nobody really kind of stood out as much as Bianca Belair did. I mean, Dr. Britt Baker didn't really do anything special this year. Tony Storm finally won the women's title, but, you know, she was kind of an afterthought once she won it. I think Jamie Hayter is a little too late in the game to win rest, the women's wrestler of the whole year. So I think it's almost kind of like a by default kind of thing, but it's definitely that she hasn't earned it because she has. I'm going with Bianca Belair to win this award. Uh, who are you going with, Cam? Yeah, we got our first clean sweep. I'm going with Bianca, too. Um, I mean, I would have Jamie Hayter as 1B. Jade Cargill is like 1BB. Um, but other than that, I mean, it wasn't really a huge year for women's wrestling. As we go to 2023, I mean, I look for Rhea Ripley to have a huge year. Charlotte's back. Um, so she'll probably have a good year. You know, we'll see what happens with AEW. But, yeah, I mean, I think Bianca really came to her own. The fact that she retained over Bailey, you know, when we thought they were going to put all the titles on damage control, um, shows that they really care about her. I think she deserves a marquee main event match. I mean, I hope they don't do Bianca Ronda Rousey. I mean, I don't think that's, I mean, I get it, but at the same time, I think Ronda Rousey has completely lost her, her, her thunder, man. When she first came to WWE, you know, UFC champion, baddest woman on the planet. That was years ago. It's lost her thunder thunder. She hasn't really picked up that great in the WWE. Her character isn't that great. I mean, she's an actress. She's been in movies and stuff like that. So you think she would translate better? She really doesn't. Um, I think Bianca's a star. And I think, you know, at some point, Bianca versus Charlotte is your big match. Who knows? But I think that she's well-deserving of this. All right, and that leads us to Male Wrestler of the Year. Um, I got to admit, for this one, it came down to two guys for me, and I thought about it. Um, 
I think either guys deserving an award. I think it's pretty much going to be the same two guys for either one of us. But I'm going to go ahead and I know it sounds like WWE heavy. I'm sorry, but it was a good year for WWE. I'm going to go ahead and go to Roman Reigns. I mean, anytime he comes out, the crowd is paying attention. The crowd is reacting to him. All of his matches this year uh, were very good. I mean, his, both his matches with Brock, his match with Drew at Clash of the Castle. Um, there's just so much to like about what he did this year. I mean, yeah, he's not on a lot of the B shows anymore, but that's because he doesn't need to be. And every time he's out there, you feel like you're seeing like the guy in the business right now. And is his title rank getting to the point where maybe it should come to an end? I think, yeah, you could argue that, unless it's going to be against The Rock at WrestleMania. But, I mean, he had a really good match with Logan Paul, let's not forget, at Crown Jewel. So this guy has, Roman Reigns has kind of ascended everybody. I think he deserves to win Superstar of the Year. I'm not going to dispute if one of my other co-hosts picked probably the other guy who I was leaning to as well. But I think Roman Reigns is the guy in the business right now. So I'm going to go ahead and give him this award to win a male wrestler of the year. Um, uh, Cam, who are you going to go with? Um, I mean, it comes down to two guys and I'm going with Roman simply because I still don't think the other guy wrestler of the year. MJF is there yet. Promo work. Fantastic from, from MJF, everything. He still can't wrestle. He admitted that he wrestled. I think it was five matches in 2022 and i don't think that was because of injury i mean he did take some months off to quote unquote quit or whatever the angle was that they kind of stomped away from now um but i just don't think he had enough to really deserve it and yeah roman wasn't at every smackdown every raw every house show and deservedly so, so honestly i mean i feel like roman's starting to get into that territory where he doesn't have to be there every week because when he's there, it feels important. It feels big. It feels special. Um, I mean, he, Logan Paul match was fantastic. Drew was fantastic. Hell, even him and Brock at WrestleMania with the semi truck thing. And they threw the camera, what he threw at him. I mean, that match was good. That's probably the best Brock. And um, there was Roman a SummerSlam match. match. Oh, that was a yeah. SummerSlam match. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think that he continues to hit it out of the park. He looks like a world champion should be and as we head into 2023 assuming at some point he drops the belts which is fine let him take some time off um but i think there's no one that can eclipse roman reigns in pro wrestling right now funny mjf wasn't the second guy i was thinking of but he probably would have been number three on my list let's see if chairman is going with the second guy i was thinking of or also going with roman like cam and i yeah i mean mjf would have been my third guy because yeah, he had a great second half of the year and, you know, Warlow, but I think there's just too much time off in between there. So, you know, I feel like you have to be there most of the year. And John Moxley probably would have been my number two. Yep, that's but, who would have been know, my number two, yep. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But, um, you know, I don't know. Like, he had a decent year, but, you know, he lost his last two pay-per-view matches. And then it's just like, you know, he's obviously doing a lot of stuff in the indie still, which I think is going to cool off after this year because I think the contract he redid AEW won't let him do GCW anymore. But then it's like, I don't know. I feel like the whole Blackpool Combat Club kind of hindered him in a way. I feel like Moxley's better as a lone wolf. Like, I don't know. It just felt weird that he was in a faction for a while. Like, I don't know. There's just some critiques there. So obviously, I, mean, I, I got to say it, guys, but Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast listeners, acknowledge me. It's got to be Roman Reigns. The dude's got both titles. He's been unstoppable. He's been dominant. 
like I hate him. I want to see him fail. I want to see someone take him down and win the titles. Except for Logan Paul, screw that guy. But you know, you know, I thought Drew would have been for sure you know, at the Clash of the Castle. But here, Roman survived Drew, and I was just absolutely shocked. Like I thought that was the spot it was going to happen. You know, and then you go back to Royal Rumble as the Seth Rollins mind games. Who he didn't beat Seth Rollins, by the way. That was a, a DQ finish. That Seth should get a title shot. Just saying, twenty twenty three. But you know. He had the stuff with Riddle. He had the stuff with Lesnar again. You know, I'm still waiting for a uh, Roman Reigns Sheamus match one on one. I think that'd be fantastic. I mean, remember when Sheamus beat him for the Money in the Bank? You know, was several years ago. I mean, KO again's a possibility. I mean, there's this guy's lined up for Roman Reigns. You know, Cody Rhodes obviously coming back probably. Like, the guy to take Roman Reigns out is gonna be insane pop. Like, and of course, are they gonna have him lose both titles at the same time? Or is he gonna lose one and one? Like, there's a lot of questions. Like, you're, you're watching the bloodline. Like, that's just the act to watch. Like we said, the start to show. Like, Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns. I mean, there's just – Roman's a guy. I mean, where do you want to agree or disagree? Like, I, I mean, I want to see him fail. I want to see him go down because that's just the wrestling fan in me. I want to see the alpha go down, man. But right now, he's the man. Oh, man. So we better get ready for the AEW stands to come after us for being too much of a WWE-centric show. So we'll get ready for that on uh, Twitter this week as we're finishing up hey, here. Are you, what? To be fair, though, we were very AEW-centric for the first couple of years of their run. So yes. it is what it is. Yes, and as we pointed out during the show, like if it would have been in June, Moxley and FDR probably would have won these awards. But ever since you know the middle of 2022, it seems like AEW just kind of fallen off a cliff and... Nobody's fault but their own there, unfortunately. Um, We will be back next week to talk about things going on in the world of pro wrestling from Charlotte Flair's return to SmackDown to John Cena on SmackDown to uh, the new look AEW that's taking place this coming Wednesday to Sasha Banks possibly showing up at Wrestle Kingdom this coming Wednesday and if she's going to be the mystery partner for Soraya on Dynamite. So, We'll definitely have a lot to talk about next week when we return to our regularly uh, scheduled format of the show, but we hope you enjoyed our 2022 year-end award show. And for my co-host Cam and the chairman, Stephen Vincent, I am Justin C. signing off, and we will talk to you guys next week.